Wine and cheese. Ooh, you are keeping it classy. I said douchey. Oh. <laughs> Why'd I hear classy? Uh, maybe because I heard wine and cheese. All you need is some chocolate and some crackers. Yeah, really. And then if you really want to go full force. Get the spittoon. Get some. Don't even drink it. Just like. <laughs> there you go. And then start talking about the 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 texture and the the texture, the terrain, the year, and like the soil, and mm, making me want some wine. Talk about oh yes, this was aged in an oak cask for bloody blah years. Yeah, with these kind of grapes. Um, it's funny. I kind of got into it for half a second due to a manga about wine, and. Um, I didn't really like develop an especially sensitive palate come to really understand a whole lot, but I did like get drunk a lot, see my libido shoot up and um <laughs> just just find a manga I enjoyed reading, so I I guess it was all worth it in the end. <laughs> What, what what the hell is going on? I mean, yeah, sure. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Old Doctor Connection. Prince in China died. Prince is dead. China's dead. Johnny Lawler, 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 whatever. China, the wrestler from the 90s. You guys remember the attitude there, right? Yeah, she died at 45. I mean, I know pro wrestlers tend to die young, but that's like... That's a young for a pro wrestler. Yeesh. And Prince. I mean, this royal badness. Come on. I mean, what the fuck is going on? I know my parents were not 30 when they were having conversations about all these people who are dying. This is fucked up. Folks are supposed to be living the 80 now. What the hell? What the actual hell? I guess it's apt, considering this is part three of our Death Parade trilogy. Did you enjoy the show, ladies and gentlemen? Did you watch it along with us? Are you as confused as I am about it not setting the anime-watching populace's world ablaze in all its goodness? Um, There was more to that, but I don't remember. Anyway, thank you for indulging me. I'm going to go listen to Raspberry Beret right now. Please enjoy. <gasps> Gentlemen, we finished an anime. Celebrations are in order. Yeah. My back hurts. Yes, uh, that's right. Um, we uh, somehow ended up watching all of Death Parade this month, and we'll still have another episode left over, if memory serves, for something else. Uh, hopefully something fun, because... Uh, it's been pretty. <laughs> it's been pretty depressing on my end, and also, you know, I think by now it should be out. A certain episode of a certain somebody's podcast was all about bad news, and that only added to the twenty-car pile of misery that was my life. Not that the show itself was bad, just anyway, uh, gentlemen. 
Uh, Mike, we'll start with you this time. What do you What do you think of the uh, conclusion? The thrilling conclusion to Death Parade. Um, yep. Let's see. Where should I start? Should I start with the conclusion to the cop saga or the whole? Yeah. Thing? Well. Well, give us a brief one because we're going to go over all of that in depth mm. and overall. Uh, I like that one. I kind of uh, – it wasn't obvious, but it was obvious. I mean, you knew those stories were going to connect. But as far as the main conclusion to the entire uh, series went, I thought it, it's funny how – it, it ended, and I felt like there, there honestly wasn't that much build-up towards, uh, the, I guess, the denouement we had with uh, this character, Chiyuki, um, and, and throughout the last few episodes that we watched, like the whole middle. Like, she's there, but I feel like she's mysterious the whole time. Um but it didn't bother me. Like I actually thought, like they managed to pull it together really well in those last two episodes, um, and kind of close her arc out and give us some really interesting stuff, and at the same time bring together, uh, you know, an end to the relationship she had with uh, Dakeem. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, I really liked that the the, the ending scene, um, some of the stuff in the the last episode between him and her, and and, and her uh, going back to uh, you know her her final test mm-hmm. through him uh, mm-hmm. and and his reaction there, him breaking down. That was the whole scene was great. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought we also got a little bit of resolve with Nona, where we got to see kind of her... We got bits and pieces that she was scheming, kind of, and we kind of understand a little bit by the end of the series what she was trying to do, uh, mm-hmm. and a little bit of why. And she's still like a really interesting character to me. Like I think she's very... Uh, conflicted, like she puts up a good front, but she, on the inside, she's uh, she's not just fighting for self on the inside, but you know, she's trying to make changes to her environment. Uh, when the law of the land is, there will absolutely never be changes to this environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I enjoyed the ending. Uh, I would say I really I still I really like this anime mm-hmm. okay uh, Joe I think you uh, jumped ahead more than once so you've been sitting on the ending a bit longer than we have uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mike pretty much summed it all up pretty well I mean they just they kind of okay. they kind of just closed it all out pretty nicely I mean there's more things they could explore more questions that they could answer uh, but I mean, I don't think they've said or not there's going to be a season two, but, but really, I mean, just if it were to just end now and end here, I mean, I would, I would be fine with that. I mean, 
her 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 whole story i think it was really focused really hard on like in the last three episodes where you kind of got a peek into it with the when the the old lady with her story and then it kind of just the last two episodes were basically all about her and her final judgment and all that kind of stuff and i her, her story really i almost I had a really hard time watching those last two episodes because I could uh, relate so much to her situation and what she was going through. And it just, um, I'm glad that they actually kind of went that direction with her story. Cause I was actually really curious to see, cause they kind of hinted at, you know, when her, uh, her memories got erased and all that kind of stuff, like what was going on a little bit, but to finally find out what her horse story was about was pretty, at least for me, I, I found it to be very intense. And the test that he put her through, I find that, I found that to be, just grueling because in that kind of situation it's, it was just i just it was really hard to watch because i yeah. was uh, it was intense one of the things i thought that they pulled off so well with that scene was yeah i talked about kind of the not necessarily predictability of the cop and kid relationship in episode uh was it nine um and where that was going you could sort of guess what was going to happen but but in that scene i had this feeling while watching, I was like, wow, like this is fucked up. Like, first of all, what would I do? I know what I would do in that situation. But what is she going to do? And is either one, I don't think either one is uh, terribly worse than the other. It's kind of a personal thing. Uh, but at the same time, there's this tension there where I was like, he's tricked her and he's just using this as a means to judge her. Yep. Like I was, but I, at the same time I wasn't sure I was like, is this real? Like, is she going to do it or is this, but I was like, at the same time, this would be a perfect way to judge someone. And it turns out it was, so, but I was fine with that because it was, it was handled so well. Yeah. I mean, it was the whole thing that they were talking about, about bringing, putting the, the people in a very extreme situation to kind of see their true colors, if you will. And that it was ex- as extreme as you could get, basically recreating mm-hmm. her uh, her whole life and just how it all kind of came to an end and giving her a choice if she wants to kind of return back, even though that really wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that, a choice like that is incredibly difficult. Just think yeah, about it. Uh, they kept it going afterwards it's a it's a subtle thing that they did where it's they play on this idea of a choice that's positive but carries some consequence Mm. Uh, again with dakim he made the choice to put her through that even though he knew uh it would be terrible for her i guess you get the sense that he cares for her in some manner but he's he's also doing it for a selfish reason to i guess to figure out if he can empathize with her or, or something but so and he like apologized for doing that to her but he said he had um something about that um this will speak to my very 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 limited japanese but uh, something stood out to me in that and that um he apologizes a lot over the course of the series but how he says it is stands out in the sense that it almost becomes a catchphrase um the actual wording is like but I don't know the exact wording but I know it's a very formal to apologize for something 
And after he starts breaking down, he actually starts saying, go men the sigh. Closer to I'm sorry than saying my apologies. Yeah. Like some genuine guilt on his uh, end of the fence there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, what I uh, found... <laughs> so with that whole story and then kind of the whole, the opposite direction... With um the other arbiter, what's what was the the redhead guy's name? I always forget his name. I don't remember his name because I exclusively started referring to him as Gingy after that fucking episode. Mm. I don't like him. But uh, isn't that his name? But I call him Gingy because he's a fucking ginger, and also because mm. I hate him, and I think that name would piss him off. Why do you hate him? He did a very mean thing to that girl. But it really, but and... really wasn't mean. He was doing his job. That's the point. I mean, and that was kind of made very clear when that that final moment when she's about to be sent into the void and she's asking him, like, why are you doing this? And he says, because it's my job. This is why yeah. I was created. This is the purpose. Oh, purpose. yeah, yeah. He, he's, an, he's an animal that can't act outside of his nature. Yeah. But, like, he sent her to the void because she pissed him off at the mm, end of the day. I, he gave her a choice. I don't think that's why he well, did it. Like, he specifically creates a game based around, like, a soft spot in her in regards to this idol, which is basically, okay, do you do what is technically the right thing or sacrifice this person who I know means more to you than life itself? And it's made even more frustrating when you consider that every choice she's made up until that point has been almost wholly selfless and he's done nothing but express irritation with her on account of his own inability to judge her. It just stinks of him looking for a reason to send her to the void and out of his, you know, whatever space. Add to that the fact that the cat stopped associating with him after the fact. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Lionel, I can definitely see f- from your point of view with him and yeah, he did not like her. But then again, he hated all humans. He thinks they're just, as he repeatedly said, Baca, just stupid, awful people don't know what they want or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, he constantly was repeating yeah. that over and over again. But, but I, th- I think thematically it makes some sense in that he, his situation speaks to why Nona's doing what she's doing. Yeah. The inherent flaw to having these things that, have, that don't live, don't feel emotions, judge things that live and feel emotions. Well, see, th- th- there we go. I mean, since they don't have emotions, that's why I still think that he, the the test that he was doing and the way he was doing it for her, weren't really didn't really have anything to do with if he hated her or not. It was just giving her another test because these guys don't have emotions. At least he didn't anyway. So how can he make that type of but, you know? That test was wholly slanted, and granted. The test uh, Dakim gives uh, Chiaki is, uh, I'm not sure if that's how you say her name, was wholly slanted also. The difference being is like where the decision to make those respective tests came from. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean by slanted? Just like they're, they're placed wholly against a person. Like geared wholly towards like making them choose a decision that isn't necessarily good. Isn't that what all of them were though? Yeah, that's what all the judgments were like. Not really. 
a, a lot of those judgments were just about bringing out what was in these people and then seeing what happened. Yeah, that was the same thing. The whole button thing yeah. and her choosing. Well, was no, the same. well, it's, uh, it's sort of. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of giving her not. that choice was kind of. It was the same choice, kind of at the at the very end of the series when he was telling her, "You can make the choice of coming back to life and seeing your mother again." It was that same kind of setup. Let's let's use another game for example. The uh, the dart game at the beginning of this series isn't as much the case because there's the option to not hit each other mm. in the organs. There's do a bad thing or do a wholly good thing that ruins your life and no in between. Yeah, I mean that's just it was another type of judgment. They're very different from the uh, other judgments, however. And mm. these are specifically judgments made for, like, judgments catered to specific people, which didn't yeah. normally happen. Uh, I, but I, I think they'd make up for that when they weren't catered by having the little the button where they could fuck with people. Uh, sort of. <laughs> you rarely see them use that thing. Mm, I guess. I feel like they used it a lot more in the early half. Well, I mean, DeKim uses it in the arcade thing. Uh, there's the flashback where the two, where DeKim and fucking Ginger uses it during the, I think it was a, what was it, the pool? Mm. And, uh,. There was the very end where DeKim uses the button there, but... Mm -hmm. Didn't he use it during the dart game? No. I thought he did that to, like, deflect the... Or to initiate memories or something. To fuck with the darts. No, I don't remember him doing that, using Mm -hmm. that during the dart game. I'm pretty sure it got revealed during the arcade game. Well, yeah, I think so. Well, I, I I don't know. Maybe he did use it in the dart game, but it was kind of implied when the when the guy kind of, you know, he kind of seemed like he was tripping. But then later on, remember, they were kind of revealing that they used those devices to kind of cause those situations. So my, yeah. my, my thinking was that even though they didn't say he did it, that in the background he was doing it. Uh, possibly, except you see, like... Uh, visible tells on the dude's face that he's gonna you know maybe in the case of the woman Mm. but there was always some indicator that he was gonna do something in the case of the guy whereas I think at one point she actually does accidentally hit hit him in the eyes Mm. and on a double score yeah (laughs) and also too um, what's his name Deacon Dyken whatever his name is didn't yeah he didn't he didn't like using it, so maybe yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he didn't like. Maybe he didn't use it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is there's probably meant to be at least some small, some well, I shouldn't say small. That's biased, but some element of mystery in regards to uh, fucking Ginger's motives, in the sense that they never outright tell us hmm. what's going on or like what he was thinking, what was the point. Just that the only indicator of anything at all is that the cats stop dealing with them after the fact weird do yeah. they explain why no they don't 
<laughs> There's a lot of open Which questions. is why I'm saying this is probably meant to be up in the air. Uh, though, yeah. I have, though I have my very, very, very strong suspicions. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know. I'm not the type of person that changes characters, uh, really. I tend to look at the situations. But with regard to, I don't know, him and the whole series, I kind of... I think he serves two purposes, and one is comic relief. Uh, let's like he's the angry guy, and let's put this annoying human to annoy him, and hilarity ensues. And then there's a cat, and then it's funny because uh, that was like one of the more lighthearted episodes. But then the other one is for him to. I think Jerry, you were kind of touching on this earlier. For him to be kind of the template for um, the Arbiters, is that what they're called? Yeah. The kind of the Templar Arbiter to, where you can see where Dakeem is different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he's just kind of, he's not really one note. He's, I mean, I guess he is kind of one note. He's just the angry guy who doesn't understand, but that's kind of the point because they're supposed to be dummies. Yeah. And they are kind of supposed to be a little... Simple, basically. Yeah, and they all kind of are. Like every time they they were like, oh, you know, they don't feel emotions. It was like I kind of buy that, but at the same time, it's more like they don't feel a wide range of emotions. Like yeah, like, they don't have an emotional spectrum. It's yeah, just, they have what's programmed into their personality, yeah. which yeah, is they why have personalities. Which is why Dekim's always serious and Ginger's always angry. Yeah, and Nona's always kind of somber. She I still don't s- like her. Sassy sometimes. I don't know why. There's that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she makes she makes a some degree of sense, and I'm glad she's doing what she's doing. But like, she would just irritate me. Yeah, I just that thing again, like that. You do that a lot. Uh, judging the characters. Yeah. As well, I, well, you know what it is. As if um, they were gonna be real people or something. Well, you, you know what it is. Is it, it? It came to me. Well, it's something I always did, but I kind of became aware of it and just wholly embraced it. And I was watching an anime called uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, and <laughs> I realized that why I liked it is because uh, the characters in it sort of. Maybe not necessarily reminded me of the friends I had at the time, but the kind of like dynamic I had with them. Two of the characters are delinquents with hearts of gold, and um, most of my friends from high school at that time had gotten sent to the continuation school for, in quotes, bad behavior, but were all just good people at heart. I was only there because I was a dumbass. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do anything bad. Yeah. I was only, <laughs> it's yeah. it it kind of like uh, warps the like the way I I look at characters situations whatever for better and for worse I suppose. Mm. Mm. I liked her character a lot because I found her to just be just neutral. She was 
she, I like that she was always just thinking about everything. And a lot of the times when there were episodes that were kind of focusing a bit more on her, it was always her just like pondering something, always trying to, I wish we could have had more time to really kind of dig a bit more into her character. I really liked her a lot. Cause it just, I imagine she's a lot more, maybe you have to be a bit more advanced to reach the level of authority she has. Mm. It is kind of interesting to see like something that's supposed to have no emotions kind of reach this point. That yeah. she's yeah. to disturb the whole network for the sake of possibly doing something better. So speak. I mean, like, uh, go ahead. There's also well, in regards to my dislike of her, there's also the element of like when you follow her, you basically just watch somebody chew out their employees, and I've always found that to be uncomfortable. I guess I don't. I don't think we got. I don't know. I don't think we got much of that. I feel like there. Really, there episode two times. where she grabs Dakim by the tie. Well, yeah, let me finish. Him. I feel like that happened a couple times, but I feel like most of it was her kind of off in the other world, like either by herself or talking to Flowerhead guy, or just kind of. I don't know. She seemed like a. Oddly meditative spirit. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the moments when she was showing any type of aggression seemed like it was for good reason. Like sometimes the people were just being dumb or just not listening to her or whatever. So, I, I mean, that didn't really bother me that um, much. Don't, don't take my, and this is another thing I've learned I have to do, don't take my saying I dislike her as anything negative about the character like, don't take that as me detracting from objective quality of either the character or the show. I think she's well put together, and the show's good, and her purpose in it is really well. I just, again, if I were a person in that world, I wouldn't want to be around her. So, speaking uh, of the the old man, uh, what I really liked near the end when the guy had found out about all the stuff that she had been doing and that conversation they had... Uh, well, he was having with her about the whole idea about being alive or dead, and I like, I like that whole that whole discussion that was happening there. Like, why when he was trying to ask her, why are you, why did you do this? Why did you put emotions yeah. to him? And and just that whole conversation, I, I thought was. Mm-hmm. It was pretty neat. I mean, like, yeah. what did you guys think about that whole that scene? Um, what I liked about that, it's a small thing which is why I'm jumping ahead of Mike. Uh, it's the shot right at the end where he's looking at her confused with his head slightly cocked to the side. It, it stands out to me just how inhuman he looks in that moment. Mm. Like, completely... The fact that he's supposed to be devoid of emotion and this thing that isn't quite real really stands out in an interesting way. There goes that word again, take a drink. I don't know why. Like to this day, I can picture him staring at her like that so clearly in my head. It's like he's 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 not he's a he's a thing. Like that one shot, more than anything he says or does, sells the fact that he's a thing. Mm. Yeah, that's this is a something that I find fascinating whenever it comes up in in in. Media is the idea of something that is created um, that has some will of its own. Actually, I know people shot on Prometheus a lot, but I really loved it I liked because it. because it, it talked a lot about this uh, the relationship between 
being created and creating something and what does it mean when you don't know your creator what does it mean when you do uh, uh, but also the idea that you know we're gonna we're gonna hit this wall pretty soon or this question about we've created an artificial life form what does that mean uh, and and you see it a lot in movies where they respect people. Humans don't respect that because they think it's artificial. But but really, if something can, if you create something and it can think and feel and it knows it's live, it's sentient. Isn't that what life is? Uh, so, with regards to this show, I feel like these things were created, uh, not not. Maybe not necessarily not to have emotions, but maybe without emotions and kind of set loose. Mm. Uh, and I feel like as ancient beings interacting with humans that they maybe that's how we get to this area where, you know, someone's really angry and just accepts their position or someone is uh, questioning whether they should be a certain way or someone is, you know, kind of. It was, the flower head is kind of like well, no, we have to be this way. Uh, I feel like they 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 grew out of that kind of blank slate by by living, even though you know they they make a point to say that since they can't die, they're not living or, or something weird like that. But yeah, and the fact con- that they remove memories periodically. Yeah, yeah, that too. But I mean, something has to stick they have to be able to do their job um yeah so it it was strange to me whenever they brought up that dynamic that they were things that were created that did not feel when it was pretty obvious that some of them had some pretty strong feelings Mm -hmm. um and that uh nona was able to recognize that maybe we should try and see where that goes like fully. It's almost like she can't feel more. So she wanted to create something that could feel more Mm -hmm. to to like better her species or something. Yeah. That's the most interesting aspect of her personality to me is that she's like kind of both limited, but in that limitation more evolved. Yeah. And talking about, uh, you know, about how it ends um it, it is it is it does cover this arc of uh chiyuki and kind of ends but you do get the sense that they're going to be there forever which isn't it it fits in with the the theme of the, the show they are going to be there forever but then you it brings up uh you know, possibilities for more seasons because there's i think there's so much more they could do like yeah. with Nona, I feel like I feel like Nona's story is the beginning of an arc. Like mm-hmm. it's she's being sent out on this road to go who knows wherever. Uh, and Dakim, you know, he's just crossed this barrier. You know, what does it mean now that this dummy can feel and he's still doing his job? Uh, so there's all these questions, and you know, when they were going over the the rules at the end and you find out there's a fourth one yeah well i feel like he may have created that one like mm, just then possibly for that purpose that's the sense that i got um mm-hmm. 
but I, I don't remember exactly what they were, but it's like, okay, so they handled uh, this hurdle of they cannot feel. Well, this is what happens when it does feel. Uh, you know, but then there's these other things where it's like, oh, they cannot die. It's like, okay, well then, that's just somewhere I think they could take it. It's like, what if one of them does die? Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's this whole... There's so much more to this world, and it's kind of what I appreciate about the show is there's so much to this world that's not explained, but you get a sense that it's so all of this stuff could happen. Whereas I feel like in a lot of other animes, uh, all that stuff does happen, and it's too much, and it's overbearing and confusing. But this one took its time, and it focused on this one theme and it really hammered it home and kind of nailed it by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, as we had talked about before in some of the, the other shows with the, I mean, this, this world is like massive. It's seeming like, I mean, when they go, every time they go on the elevator, they only go to certain floors and that there were so many yeah. buttons on that, in that elevator. And I mean, there's all these different trains going around. I mean, there's this place. Yeah. Is just, there's, so much going on here and otherworldly trains to take you to the otherworldly elevator to take you to the otherworldly bar yeah i, I mean and we know that there's at least 90 floors and there's no no telling how many places the train goes though i suspect the places the train goes relate to uh other parts of the world yeah um I mean, though it does it does make you wonder since everyone in this was Japanese. This is obviously the location, or in and around Japan. You kind of, I kind of wonder if the seven thousand an hour is the world. <laughs> God help us if that's just like that area they they watch. Yeah, that seems like it's just the world. But I don't know, but so. Also, since we were talking, jumping back to the ending, was that a dummy of her that he made sitting at the bar? Yeah. And it's also a dummy of her in that last shot of the opening. Um, I like when shows are able to do this where they can just like put spoilers in plain sight, but like place them in such a way that it doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. Until you've already seen it. Yeah, I love that too. Uh, it happens in intros where it, it recontextualizes it, but it happens in uh, a lot of good movies do that too, like the, the Prestige. You know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty blatant example of something that recontextual the ending recontextualizes the entire film, mm-hmm. uh, where you just notice things that you didn't see before mm-hmm. because you have new information. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, I thought the whole. <laughs> him with the dummies thing was kind of creepy and weird, but now I kind of really appreciate that he's doing that. Cause he you just... know what it, you know what it is though, and I noticed maybe, maybe this is just me. Something I noticed during that scene where you find out that fucking uh, Dakim's bar even has an ice rink in it, making it even more so the greatest bar to ever exist. Um when he's basically animating the puppets to react to Chiyuki skating, like it was kind of amazing, but at the same time just felt like the loneliest thing ever, like I'd ever seen. And I'm not sure if that's just the thing. 
I associate with puppets personally, but it, it at least felt that way. Like, is it just me? I don't remember this. So when she's skating in episode 11, uh, at one point he has one of the puppets start playing the piano. Isn't using that his, the uh, last crazy... episode? No. Second to last. What happens in episode 11? Uh, she skates. It's a very long scene kind of recounting her life with no dialogue. Other than Com- that, what else happens? Um, th- I think that's also when you see fucking Ginger send, uh, what's her name to hell. Yeah, that happens at the end. How, how wasn't episode 11 the last episode? No, second episode 12, second to last. How many episodes did we watch? 12. Tonight? Uh, no. you guys watched four for this episode. Oh. Okay, so I accidentally skipped episode 11 then. Yeah. <laughs> My oh, controller must have hit it or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah, because I, I was like, yeah, because remember I was gonna like, oh, I'm going to be on in 40 minutes. And then I was like, oh, last episode? Okay. So I just well, watched it. Yeah, that episode was okay. the setup episode for the final yeah. one. Yeah, no wonder I didn't see the cat shit. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Um, Joe, since since Mike didn't see it, Joe, what was your take on that? Uh, It's... Did it feel lonely, I guess, is what I'm asking you. No, because it felt he was doing it for her. He was doing it to kind of let her experience her life before the judgment actually happened. And mm-hmm. I, I thought it was heartwarming. I thought it was a, a, just just a great episode just for, the, oh, for yeah. those moments. And, I mean, like I said before, the whole idea of the dolls and – you know, how <laughs> the way he does the makes kind of just kind of makes them seem like they're alive, but they're really not. I mean that, mm-hmm. yeah, I see where you're coming from where it does seem a little creepy and lonely and cause there's, they, they're lifeless. They have no emotions, that kind of thing. But I think in the context of her, of her situation, it was kind of almost beautiful and how, Oh no, it yeah, was that too. Yeah. I was all playing out, but, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me, no, I, I didn't see it as being a little depressing. Uh, I'm really mad that I missed that. It fucking yeah. sucks. It seems like a scene you'd really like. Yeah, yeah but... I'm just mad because what I said earlier, it's like I thought it, they were handed it well, but there was an entire episode really built into that last episode that I missed. But... Yeah, they were just okay. replaying her entire life. Yeah, well, you get the okay. whole thing. And I mean, because yeah, she she mentioned skating in episode twelve, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" Mm-hmm. Well, there's even a hint at it, and I want to say it's episode ten, mm-hmm. where the Joker is a picture of ice skates. Yeah, yeah, I was noticing that. I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, that was another thing. Um, minor thing before we get back. Okay, if we were all to play that game. What pictures would be on your cards? <laughs> Let's see. What was on this? Let's see. As, um, let me let me uh, alter the formula and go first and tell you that like I bet every card that reflected me would have something I intended to create but never did. Much like that's, that last card with the old lady. That's depressing. Uh, Welcome to my life, Pangelina. I've been like in don't already life. know. Mm. Yeah, I do know. 
Um, yeah, I didn't know about that, but for me, I feel like it, it wait, would be. Wait, you say you don't know. What do you think would be on my cards then? Uh, well, I just don't think that's how the game worked. Uh, well, let's see. On yours, let's see. I'm trying to remember what the hell was on those cards. It seemed like it was, for the old lady at least, it was shit well, we, she had. We know one of them was her illustration, and another yeah. was like her grandpa and maybe her grandpa's favorite drink or some kind of snack she had. Uh, uh, had. Um, minor thing about the old lady: she's tied to a character in the Death Billiards uh, pilot. Hmm. She's the wife of one of the characters in that. Uh, I liked her. Yeah, she. She was she she was she was someone's grandma. Well, I mean, she wasn't anyone's grandma, but she, you know, had all the uh, huggability of somebody's grandmother. Well, she was sweet. She had a great outlook on life. She was like, you know, I lived. It's all cool. Now you don't have to run over why or how I died or whatever. She was happy. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and and the another thing I liked about that was she didn't have grandkids. But she was happy with her husband, and she was happy with her work. Mm-hmm. She didn't need to have the traditional, like, oh, I need a big family. Or she was like, my life is void because, you know. Oh yeah, she, you know, she she found a way to, you know, have a peaceful existence, enjoy her life in spite of the cards she got dealt. No pun intended. Yeah, I mean, and that's also something I've been thinking about. Uh, lately it's because uh, I know uh, people become less able to produce things creatively when they have kids and I don't know if I ever want to have kids and I don't think I really need to Uh, but anyway that's another topic Uh, what would I think would be on my cards yeah hmm well, let's see. There'd probably be like some video games, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a copy of uh, MGS One. Uh, probably some some artwork from a, a kid. You know, probably some really significant design work that I did while I was at school, just because it's tied to a lot of my own personal growth. Uh, I had a big coming of age moment. In in college, where I learned how to be a designer and learned more how to interact with people, um, and also probably something from the job I had around the same time, the retail job I had. Just I, know, I was around a lot more people at that time than I had ever probably been around before. Uh, probably be a picture of me and you guys you guys are really important to my life uh, and I hope that uh, stays uh, true for the rest of my life I'm not going anywhere you can't get rid of me something to do with skateboarding that's really important yeah uh, uh, something to do with film, I guess. Uh, yeah. At this point in my life, that's probably about it. Uh, what about you, Joe Face? 
I hate looking back because my life's so fucking depressing. Uh, Welcome to the club. Uh, probably. That's why I call you Joe Face, Joe Face. Probably a picture of the meetup icon or whatever they use because ah. the meetup has played a huge, huge part in my life and with all the people that I've met and all the things that I've created and done, I've been through that. Um, uh, picture. You've met so many white people. <laughs> I have. Um, I want to say I saw some, saw at least one Mexican in there. Yeah. Uh, I saw some videos. Yeah. Kind of. Huh. Um, so videos? Okay. Yeah, there are tons anyway, of videos. Of... Anyway, continue. <clears throat> uh, Where are these videos? On YouTube. They're there. Uh, so um, another one would be the picture of whatever the icon is that represents RPG Maker, that company. I don't remember. I don't know their name exactly. Oh, yeah. Because that is the tool that actually got me into game development. That's what uh, actually got me excited to want to make games. And then probably the last thing would be a picture of a treehouse because as a kid where I lived, there was a, I would always go way out in the woods and stuff and go on crazy adventures and build crazy stuff and, and climb huge rocks. And it was, it was awesome. So that would probably be on there as well to trigger all those memories. Mm. So yeah. I got one more to add and more so than this. There's uh, a card with my first cat, Mr. President, on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the, I don't really believe in the, the this sort of afterlife. But if there is one, that's the, that's who I'd want to be reunited with, Mr. President. As the yeah, that's the best name ever. I love yeah, this orange tabby, and he was a badass. Yeah. Uh I like to hope if there is cat heaven, him and Rover are just chilling. Yeah. Or her and Rover. Wait, wait, was Mr. President a boy or a girl? He was a mister. Okay. He had well, then... big ass balls. <laughs> <laughs> well then yeah, hopefully they're just chilling. Nice. Wondering what the hell a podcast is and why their humans are like talking to each other through tubes. Yeah. I don't even know if he's dead or not. But at this point, uh, he'd have to be. God, if he were alive, he'd be. Oh, geez, he'd be like ancient. Well, let's see. Uh, I had him around when I was twelve or something, and I'm trying to see. Uh, he'd be like nineteen. Yeah, or, or eighteen. That's Even for old. a cat, that's old. Oh, wait a second. Nine plus eight. Oh, like seventeen. He'd be an old old ass cat right now if he mm-hmm. was still alive but like, yeah yeah r.i.p cat people yeah his uh his daughter or granddaughter i think his daughter lives uh with my dad my stepmom and my brother and sister though i see <laughs> your legacy remains yeah yep uh, uh, blah blah blah. Anything? I guess I think we covered kind of the basics. Um, we didn't really go into depth on the detective story yet, or the detective and the 
the kid. Mm-hmm. And how dark that got. That got fucking pitch black. <laughs> black as tar. Being diesel pitch black. Yeah, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just appreciate that this show was not afraid to get its hands dirty. It got grimy. It got grimy. That was that was filthy. That's just something I appreciate about this so much because I feel like even with how gory and and violent shit was in the 80s, it was never really... It was always very black and... Not black and white. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but it, it was, was always... Like, fun! It was always fun! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There wasn't, like, the emotional brutality going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, uh... Yeah, that... Oh. God, this, there's just so many moments in this anime that are just that just were so just emotionally exhausting. And, yeah. And, and yeah. And um and this was one of those like the very end of that particular uh you know like in the scene between him when he has to make the choice to actually I guess stab his organ or whatever it was and it's like, yeah it's like okay you can't kill him here we're all dead but you can like stab these pucks and just inflict like the worst kind of pain possible yeah but what i thought was great about that is it was showing how deeply flawed the judgment system can be because of you i mean in that situation i mean what he was doing of course you know he had the choice if he did stab his organs then he was pretty much going to be sent to the void because he was pretty much giving in to all of it all of it and losing everything but but that's also saying too and this is where the whole judgment system is showing that it can be incredibly flawed is that people do things that they would never do in the most extreme moments that aren't really their true character it's just for the moment that's how they're going to be because they're so um consumed by whatever is happening in that situation yeah well i mean you, you see clearly that this guy basically just broke that poor kid yeah, yeah. and like, they have that discussion afterwards about are we is this showing their true character or are we putting them mm-hmm. in these positions are we creating this darkness yeah uh, but it was also <laughs> other than it was like oh damn they went there they went for it i love this <laughs> this is tight it, it says something about the whole discussion even says something about humanity. Uh, it's just a very human thing. Like he, he got pushed to his breaking point. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, uh, it's just dark. Like I talked about, you know, the relationship between creators and the created before, but it also is just a very, people who wrote this really, They have a they have a grasp on what it means to be human. Mm. That's mm-hmm. that's great, and it embraces uh, duality, which is something uh, I appreciate and I think about every day. Actually, mm-hmm. what what I also what I also really liked what they did is that the way they could have approached this is that when she was holding him back, 
she could have just been talking to him and trying to convince him that no, this isn't the right thing to do, blah, blah, blah. But what they did that, that to really intensify the whole situation is that they kind of kept flashing back and kind of showing you how much he cared for his sister and how he pretty much just gave his entire life for her. And that kind of really showed mm-hmm. you why he is breaking down in this way because he cared so deeply yeah. for his uh, for his sister that he just was willing to do anything for her he she basically was his life and that I mean, yeah well it kind of it kind of showed in like the words that finally made him crack which is like <laughs> when you can't change the world the only thing you can do is change yourself mm. the fact that that's what made them snap it was basically this okay i either become this monstrous killer or my sister gets hurt again and again and again and again until I become this horrible thing that will keep things from hurting her. And yeah. Mm. But she was telling him that if you do this, you'll never see her again. This isn't going to basically, this isn't going to change anything if you actually do it. But I think in his mind, he felt that he wasn't thinking about that. He was only thinking about this guy. Yeah. He watched well, it all happen. He could have saved her. He could have done. Something. Yeah. This is my one chance to avenge her. So I'm going to take mm. it. Well, it was also there was something I want to I want to say Chiyuki said it at some point to Kim, but I don't remember where. She was basically saying that you know these humans, or maybe maybe it was to Kim. Some one of them says it, but they talk about how these humans like persist on living even in these moments where they're effectively dead, and they basically, I mean, this is kind of like this whole judgment system kind of hinges upon them doing the things they would do had they been alive to the degree that they're unable to judge Chiyuki because she knows she's dead and won't play any of the games. Yeah. Man, it just... Oh God. Yeah, there's... um One thing I wanted to mention about the Kim that I wish I could have got in earlier is that he feels kind of conflicted between these uh, growing emotions and, I guess, maybe a pride in the job he does to the degree that he never, he doesn't at any point kind of like falter one way or the other, but rather reconciles the two by the end. Hence, yeah. hence being an arbiter who smiles when he sees the people he's going to judge. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's God. When did this come out last year? Yeah, uh, late last year. Have they announced plans for more? Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. Mm. I'm kind of on the same side of the fence as Joe is, where I'll be happy if they do more, but I'll be okay if it just ends here. Though, yeah, though it might just be me. I like things that end on a note of hope, maybe even more than full-on happy endings. Though I love yeah. me some happy endings. Uh, I mean, I don't give a shit as long as it's done well and the point is made well. Uh, but I think there's, I think there's more to say. I think there's a lot more to say. Mm-hmm. I think that they've made it clear that they have a lot more to say. Uh, so I guess at this point, it's just up to, I don't know. Fan feedback, business decisions, mm. creative drive to also, determine what's going to happen. Creative drive is a lot of it because it's all one guy, Yuzuru Tachikawa, who when, created 
Yeah. Well, one creative vision behind this. Yeah. He's an auteur, then. Yep. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Mm. You know, I'm interested to see more of what this guy does after Death Parade, because this was really, not only really good, but just a breath of fresh air in a market kind of saturated with clear pandering, demographic-seeking... You know, got to hit this point, got to hit that point to the degree that yeah. it kind of pulls away from creativity. Even, even coming from a diehard otaku like myself. Granted, I'm a bit dejected, but you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not someone who's easily deflected by weeaboo bullshit. Yeah. Hmm. What the hell's his name again? Yuzuru Tachikawa. What else has he done? Uh, did I write any of that down? Uh, no, I think it's... I don't think he's been, like, the creative vision behind anything. Like, he's... I want to say he had some storyboard work and maybe directed an episode of Fujiko Mine, or I'm not 100%. Hmm. There was some... I want to say there was something about Fujiko Mine in his, uh... in his, uh, whatever. But I don't remember. But I want to say it was predominantly like smaller stuff leading up to this. It was good. It was very good. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Man. Yeah. Um. See if there's anything else I wanted to mention here. Uh, anything you guys wanted to mention before I well I don't even know if I can do recommendations I've already done two episodes worth of recommendations for this thing hmm. uh, oh yeah wait this, this is what I wanted to open this with who cried man up uh, I who didn't come on I did not cry at all, but it was just very emotionally stressful because I actually, those last two episodes hit me incredibly hard. I I almost couldn't watch it because it was just, it it was connected with me a little too much. So it got, I, yeah, it was, I didn't cry, but it just really Mm. got to me. What about Jelena? Do you have some salt? What connected with you, Joe? Oh, and um, her whole life reminded me way too much of my life. And that just, that's, that, mm-hmm. it both terrified me and depressed me. And just, it just you hit have, me really, really, really hard. And just, you have something that effectively defines you and then just lose it suddenly and irrevocably. Exactly. And that, it just, it, so, I've been there. so having that mm-hmm. comparison, doing something your entire life putting everything into it and then only realizing that it's just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't what you're meant to do or just wasn't the right thing to do. And you've already spent so many, such a large chunk of your life to it. I when in that scene when she was really depressed and right before she committed suicide. I mean, I was just, yeah. I was right in that moment. Yeah, that, was, okay. that was pretty much Yeah, himself. no, I uh, definitely didn't cry, but if you'll remember, I didn't watch uh, episode 11. Oh yeah. yeah. So okay, so I'm alone. I guess this is another episode of weird things that make jumper cables cry. 
I mean, it wasn't the full-on waterworks of episode four. That shit, the floodgates got unleashed. But uh, yeah, I had some salt. Mm. Mm. See, that's the thing. Nothing in this series made me. It wasn't. Nothing made me sad to the point of crying. It just there were like other emotions that they were. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was emotional for me when uh, they both kind of broke down in the last episode. I was just like, damn, yeah. this is sad. I was starting to get sad, but I was like, and I was thinking, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't thinking about crying. Like, I was like, I'm going to cry. I was thinking about uh, the act of crying yeah. <laughs> as I was watching it because they were crying. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I wonder if anybody's going to cry in this, but I definitely didn't cry. Yeah, that scene was intense. Well, yeah, it's, it's a show, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. This makes me, because I like shit like that. I like when I get worked up about uh, shit. Because I'm really fucking pissed that I, I missed that episode. I'm going to have to watch it now. Your, your that, host, your dear host, is the bitch of this podcast. Because yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, the whole point I made earlier, like it felt like they didn't build up, but it, it was good at the end. It's like, well, they did build it up. I just <laughs> fucking episode. <laughs> God damn it! I'm really mad about that. I missed like the whole payoff. Like I missed her whole entire life. And and I and you missed the part, I guess, when she was being sent into the void too. I was wondering why. Yeah, that was horrifying. Yeah. Let me, oh, because oh, that was because that. that was the only episode where they truly showed you the void and how it works and really? what it's all about. God damn it! I gotta see it was, that. That man. was fucking horrific. That scared yeah. the shit out of me. That was. Ugh. See, see, damn that, it. see, that's the other thing that really got to me with this whole series. It's just the idea of the void and there even being something like that yeah, in the world. Joe, you had the most accurate prediction because I thought the void was non-existence. Mm. It's a lot closer to hell. Yeah. Well, it's it's just well the way they describe it is you're basically sent. You, it's basically the sensation of falling endlessly, left alone with only your most negative emotions. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pretty. God, it's pretty fucked terrible. up. I mean, in the scene that they where they were showing them both dropping down the void. I mean, you saw the their spirits leave the the the, the dummies. And they they just kind of went, they just flew well, down into the endless void. They they give you the tiniest bit to like you know not be broken emotionally in the sense that you actually see their spirits connect. Yeah, but I mean the thing that's even worse about that too is that they talk about the void. They tell these people that they're going to be sent there, that it's going to happen, but they really don't know what exactly is going to happen. And that showed with her in that episode. She just truly yeah, didn't they, understand what it was. She the kept... fucking horror yeah. of, oh I mean, my god, it's actually happening, I'm going to hell. Yeah, I mean, she, she um, loved him uh, so much that she just truly didn't understand what she was getting herself into. Uh, mm. and, and anyway. A reason for me to hate fucking ginger ass. Let's uh, stop talking about it, because I took my headphones off, because I just want to watch it. Okay, yeah. It sounds tight, yeah. <laughs> from what I did here. Ugh. Uh, but kind of spinning off of that I, I was going to say this earlier but I feel like this might we'll see how much it's like some of the imagery and stuff sticks with me 
because uh, for my my whole life, uh, and especially when I was growing up like Christian, uh, which I'm not anymore, but when I would picture like heaven and hell, like the ideas of these places, uh, my re- my big reference was uh, Bill and Ted too, because mm-hmm. that was that was what I saw visually, uh, heaven and hell, mm-hmm. for the first time. So I'm curious about when if somebody starts bring or brings up the afterlife, or I think about it for some reason, if my brain will float to images from this show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That'll be interesting. That'll be a interesting thing to note. Hopefully, we can, you know, well, hopefully, this will be become like a reference point for us on this show for however long we do it. This is definitely a hallmark for this podcast. Uh, I felt like there was something else I wanted to mention. Other than I hate that goddamn ginger. Um, I can't think of anything especially noteworthy other than um, <laughs> I liked Akeem's first attempt at smiling. It was like it was like uh, anytime you see a character make like a cat face. <laughs> yeah, he tried. Yeah, he gets it right eventually. Um, can't really think of anything to recommend after outside of everything I've recommended. Uh, prior to this, do you guys get anything? Um. <laughs> well, you know, when her skin was starting to peel off it, I was kind of like, where have I seen that before? And then it hit me. It's a 90s movie called uh, uh, Death Becomes Her. Uh, you, guys, you guys seen that movie? Yeah, I remember that. So long ago, I don't remember much of it. But... Yeah, we might have to watch that on my show. Up down. We might have to. I was thinking about maybe doing something with, like, dark, morbid, like, death shit. Oh, jeez. Can can we watch something fun after well, that episode the thing. you had us do? Well, that's that thing is, all that shit is fun. Like, it's all like Tim Burton shit and, like, death uh, shit. They're all comedies and stuff. Okay. That's cool. But, uh, I don't know what I would want to do that. But, but Death Becomes Her is a, it's great. Bruce Willis is actually really great in that movie. <laughs> uh, he's, like, completely not Bruce Willis, but it was one of those movies that was on all the time when I was a kid. It was always on uh, USA. They ran that thing non-fucking-stop. Yeah, I think I got to see it on HBO a lot. Uh, I think Isabella Rossellini might have been in it. Uh, I th- believe uh, the Queen HBIC of Awards is in that. Meryl Streep. <laughs> I think... I think it's Meryl Streep and maybe Susan Sarandon, but I'm not sure. Like, I haven't, I haven't even looked at this movie on IMDb in a very long time. But uh, yeah, the, the, it's about these women who. Uh, <laughs> it really is is nothing like this, but it's just the skin peeling off. Is they're they're these women who don't. I want to die. They find the secret to living forever through like cosmetics or something, and their their skin peels off, and they have to like put makeup over it. It's, 
They just they just reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic movie. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, Joe, you got anything? No, no recommendations. Nothing I can that I can think of. All right. Oh, um, any parting words for the listeners? Hmm. Mm. Milk. It's good for the kids. Good for the bones. You pity a fool who doesn't have calcium in his diet? I guess so. <laughs> uh, what about you, Joe Face? Don't make this your first anime. It... Oh, yeah! there's There it is. There's that last question. In the first episode, I asked you guys who you would recommend this to. Uh, do the, your opinions for the episode still hold true? I don't know what I said. I think I said that uh, if you're not into anime, that you should give it a shot, and I'd still stand by that. Yeah. I know why you wouldn't want this to be your first anime. It's good. It's good, it's but of, if you rough, come on. Maybe I Oof. should. Maybe I should say. Depends who you're talking. Yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should be more clear yeah, on that. Like, if you're young. And like, let's just say you're like twelve or fifteen or something. I, I think this might be a bit too intense. Well, actually, that's not I, true. You probably don't even know what's going on. I don't think so. No, you probably won't even know what's really happening. You would at like, fifteen, Joe. At fifteen, I don't know how much of it you'd be able to appreciate it. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Though we could be insulting our fifteen-year-old listeners, Joe. No, you you would like. I would have got this at 15. This is like, this isn't that crazy. I mean, it's it's probably one of those things where I would have really liked it at 15, but I would appreciate it a lot more now. Yeah, that's... Uh, just because the more life experience you have, the more a lot of things will resonate to you. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should have put it that way. Yeah, that, yeah you're right. Yeah. That's... But anyway, yeah. Um, let me close this out by uh, thanking whoever wrote this. Because I, I picked up on something. Uh, the word, I think like the word for Arbiter, or maybe the word, the original word that they then used as Arbiter in the English translation is like Citatia or something like that in Japanese and like the root word which got translated as judgment was site which is also like I'm not sure what you'd call this like a homonym or whatever but like the word site is also like the word they use for like worst or awful mm. and I want to thank whoever wrote this for not making any puns regarding that because the Japanese are super into puns they love wordplay yeah they like Adamatopia too, which I, I enjoy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Portmanteaus, they love those. They love doing it with English words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I continue the never-ending struggle against uh, poverty and poor health, 
I beseech, implore, and, and practically beg you to go out into the world and sing the praises of Death Parade loudly and proudly. Who knows? Maybe we can get it on Adult Swim. Anyway, special thanks as always to the creator of the opening and closing theme of our show, Synthetic Highway. If you like it and want to hear more like it, I gotta find a better word. It's redundant. And if you want to hear more like this stuff, uh, check out the creator, Submorphine, on their SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Submorphine. S-U-B hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. Special thanks also to the creator of our promo theme, Anime Rocket. If you liked it and want to check out more by the uh, artist, author, creator, whatever, uh, you can find them on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Why does it get harder for me to remember that name? But yeah, Squarion's cool. And uh, the Squareon wants me to tell you about his uh, Flash Project, Project Stick, which you can find on facebook.com slash Project Stick. I think you can also find Squareon on Newgrounds. Same name, same stuff. That's where I found Anyway, uh, if you happen to like this show and, you know, just want to stay up to date, you can Subscribe to us on uh, Android, iTunes, or hit that little feed thingy. Um, or you can, um, you know, befriend us on SoundCloud. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash radio. If you happen to want to talk to us individually, I'm on Twitter at WillTalkToConnect. Mike's on Twitter at Hyper90s, and you got to spell out 90s because he's and Joe's on Twitter at NATP Returns. Now, I'm going to cut this a bit short to avoid running out of music again because, well, I'm lonely enough. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, people. Taking a shower and you hear, I can't even save myself. That's a very, see, this movie was forward-thinking in that it was forward-thinking to about three or four years in the future. Next up is Tekken.